You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ, amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. Hello, hello, you're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns, and I'm in studio with... Kai, and I use they, she pronouns. Awesome. Well, we've got a pretty packed episode again today. Always. Um, always, you know, that's the 4ZZZ way. Um, lots of content for listeners out there. Today we actually have special guests joining us. Jonathan Sri, Queensland Greens Councillor for the Gabba Ward, as well as a guest, Eloise Mukasa, a rainbow member of the Greens as well, will be accompanying Jonathan this morning. Later in the episode, we'll also be talking about resources and things like that for people who are interested in learning and understanding more about trans community, as well as transition and maybe other aspects of trans life. We've got plenty of stuff there that Kai and I will be going through, and not to mention the Week in Community News is also a thing we'll be doing. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. Every week. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's so packed, I'm just going to pop on a song while we get Jonathan and Eloise settled in here. This one is a song request, actually. It's a song called Androgynous by Nation of Language. So let's go. Hello, hello, you're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. You were just listening there to a song called Androgynous by Nation of Language. My name is Ez and I'm in studio with Kai. We also have some special guests in studio. Ah, so excited. (laughs) Would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, what's up? I'm Jonathan Sree. I'm the counsellor for the Greens in the Gabba Ward. I use he or they pronouns and wanted to just shout out and acknowledge country and pay respects to elders of this place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm uh, Eloise Mikasa. I use she, her pronouns, and that's yep <laughs> from the Rainbow Greens. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> awesome. Uh, we've got a pretty cool chat today, really, with you guys. We're mostly going to be talking about what's happening, uh, especially in Victoria. There has been some issues with turfs, uh, so we've heard. And we wanted to really address some of, you know, what's really going on there. How did this happen? And it seems to escalate. Every time that we look back at this situation, things seem to progressively have gotten more tense. Mm. I don't know if that tense is the right word, <laughs> but um, what, what do you have to say about, about this in general? Well, there's a lot of... I guess you could say that turfism modernly is kind of an outreach of very, very, very old school feminism, that kind of women's separatist movement that kind of becomes biological essentialism um and then you have a lot of people who end up in positions of power or in progressive movements who start off as kind of feminists but when trans people get brought up kind of they backslide a bit or a lot Mm. so i i think what we've seen in in victoria basically the latest kind of quote-unquote crisis is that someone who'd written papers that a lot of people said were obviously quite transphobic ended up getting elected to the position of state convener. So if, for those who don't under, know much about the Green structures, each party is kind of its own independent party and then it's like a federation for the Australian Greens. So within the Victorian Greens, convener is an elected role. It's a volunteer role, but it's probably one of the most powerful and influential positions in the party. So 
you have all your elected MPs and they're kind of like paid professional politicians and then you have all these volunteers in volunteer roles. And so the Victorian Greens had their kind of annual elections and this person nominated for convener and got elected. And then there were some pretty serious concerns raised, I think, for a number of years about their views and their behaviour and that sort of stuff. And then it kind of all came to a head when people like, oh, they actually won an election? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it was very tense, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now we're in a position where, I guess for the, a lot of the trans community, the concerns that we have is, are there more TERFs? Is this is mm. this something that's going to continue happening? I think it's been rewarding to see that the Greens have, have really quite quickly tried to address and clean up the situation. But it does still leave sort of a, a feeling of, are there more? Is this mm. is this is this going to happen in Queensland? Is this going to happen in other places? Is there something you can yeah. reassure well, us on? I, I think the first thing I'd say is that there's there's a lot of trans folk down in the Victorian Greens who they've been saying very clearly, look, we are very present here, we are active in the party, and trying to highlight that while there is a problem of turfs within the Victorian Greens, they're not in the majority. And that was one of the weird things about this election was that I think a lot of people just didn't know who they were voting for because it's one of those internal elections where you get an email and you're like, oh, mm. that name looks familiar. I guess I'll, I'll vote for them. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah. There were a lot of concerns about the openness of the election since um, Meet the Candidates events were banned. And there are a lot of people who've come forward and said, I would not have voted the way I voted if I had actually gotten the chance to know the candidates actual positions on right. these kinds of things. Mm. So so I don't think the fact that this person won necessarily means that everyone in the Victorian Greens is transphobic or anything yeah, like yeah. that. And, and I, yeah, I think there are a lot of queer folk and allies down there who are doing really good organising in that space. Up here in Queensland, my sense, and Eloise ha- will have their own opinion, I think there aren't any... There, There's no one in positions of leadership in the Queensland Greens who I would describe as having transphobic views or anything like that. I think there's probably... Because the party has, like, thousands of members in Queensland, you could probably find a couple of people within the membership who have pretty backwards and old-school right. thinking on this. But mm-hmm. luckily, no, none of them seem to have much influence within the mm-hmm. leadership structure. Is that fair to say? Or? Yeah. There's, like, one former party founder who has said some things, but when I brought him up, basically no one I know has heard of him because he hasn't been active in the party for years. Right, mm. right. This actually leads me into a question uh, about transphobic dog whistling, mm. uh, because obviously a lot of language and what people say, yeah. uh, you know, can be subliminally sending messages and also people who are not, you know, uh, well-versed and understanding of uh, what really... Uh, turf language looks like yeah um, stuff that flies under the radar if you're not in the know or if you're not just being hyper vigilant about the kind of things that you're consuming kind of information yeah Eloise you said you would like me to ask you that question yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess that's kind of how we first found out about the uh, person who got elected's politics is Victorian Greens the Rainbow Greens equivalent that they have in Victoria, called like the Queer Greens Victoria, I think, had a very exhaustive letter of turf dog whistles that they published to the, um, put forward to the State Council to basically be like, hey, we can, um, like, if anyone says these things, we can, like, have a discussion with them, and if they're still going to double down on that, then we know that, you know, these are dog whistles and there's an explanation for each single one, and it's quite exhaustive. But then the person involved didn't really like that being 
published. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm. It doesn't. It's not. It, uh, it loses its efficacy as a dog whistle if everyone mm. knows what it's what mm. those yeah. words are, aren't they? And I wonder if we of, can get yeah. a copy of that exhaustive list. And, I mean, it's interesting mm. how like some of that language is so subtle, and that that a lot of naive people can just start picking it up and repeating it. You know, these mm. demands for oh, we just want open debate, and we just want all voices to be heard. This sort of we stuff. We just want fairness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which a lot of people who aren't connected to these debates, or they might consider themselves pro- progressive, but they're fairly naive. They'll just be like, "Oh yeah, that sounds reasonable. I agree with that," and not realizing mm-hmm. that they're capitulating to some really problematic yes. narratives, aligning yeah. themselves with things they don't truly understand in mm. order to just sort of move through it w- quickly as well. So mm. they'll be like, "Oh, this I'll is." A, like, yeah, I understand what that's about. It's very insidious, like that, and it really builds on some of the really basic building blocks of our socialization, which means it can fly under the radar. Mm. But for anyone who's wondering, within the Queensland Greens, I think we've got pretty good processes where if people are seeing language like that used either in meetings or in online forums or whatever, there are complaints processes, the management committee handles it pretty seriously. And there have been issues in the past, like a couple of years ago, there was a candidate who'd run for the Greens and then was posting pretty transphobic stuff on social media and basically, management committee pulled them aside, talked to them about it, and they and said, "Look, you either need to shift your thinking on this and, and retract your former statements, or you're probably not a good fit for the party." And the member decided to leave the party. And it's like, cool, oh, we that pull, solves that. Pull, then. The, pull mm. them out. Said, mm. "Look, here's the ultimatum," and they're like, "All right, I quit." And it's like, "All right, that's how we deal with that." Is we ask people to leave if they if they're not serious about at least reflecting and learning and growing. And I think that's one of the challenges is that you do have to leave people space to grow and learn and mm-hmm. don't want to be like just cancelling everyone who doesn't use the right vocabulary or is still trying to get up to speed on this. So yeah. I think a, a healthy movement for social change has to make space for difference and has to make space for people who are still on that journey. But mm-hmm. if they're not willing to reflect and if they're not showing themselves to actually be trying and to... Yeah. Then, and listening. Yeah, then yeah. then you probably don't want to be in this party. <laughs> yeah, we, we've all been raised in a cis-heteronormative society and it takes uh, some work to break down those uh, weird ideas of who someone can be. Mm. But so long as people are responding in good faith and, and actually trying to learn and really just keeping the core concept of uh, people's right to self-determination and just honestly kindness and love yeah that's that's pretty much it i have one more question what do you think allies of trans communities can do to encourage positive change in this current political space i guess education is a big thing because as we've seen all of these kind of dog whistle and like infiltration tactics depend on a lot of people being clueless about this stuff and then not knowing better and then repeating the stuff that Mm -hmm. transphobes end up saying so yeah. Find resources, get yeah. educated, mm-hmm. learn some things. I, I think the other piece <laughs> of the puzzle is simply to elevate trans voices. And that's Absolutely. something that, you know, when this thing broke out with Victoria, I as sort of a, a kind of, I'm not, I'm not trans. And I, I was sort of like, well, how do I respond in this? And I, it was very much like, talk to trans folk in the party, ask them what's what they want. And they're like, we need elected reps to speak out about this. I'm like, okay, cool. So then I draft a long Facebook post, calling it out and calling for for action on that and that's a way of me using my platform to elevate other people's voices rather than just sort of my own opinion which Mm -hmm. I think really that's what a lot of allies just need to get better at is like stepping aside bringing other people into the conversation and not taking up too much space fantastic 
Thank you so much, both Jonathan and Eloise, for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been Thanks. great. I'm so I'm so happy to to have met you both and have you in here. Yay! Um, woo! <laughs> All right, <laughs> we're now going to listen to a track by Race Rage. This one's called Tick. Uh, yeah, you're listening to Transmission on Four Triple Z. Hello, hello, you're listening to Transmission on 4 Triple Z. That song there was My Own Person by Ezra Williams. And before that, you're listening to Race Rage, the track Tick. Uh, my name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns, and I am in the studio with... Kai, and I use they, she pronouns. So, we're now heading into some community news, mainly some events. There's some stuff coming up in the near future, not immediately, but it's soon. Would you like to share? Absolutely. Yeah, so we've got International Non-Binary Day coming up and there's actually an event run by um, INBD, International Non-Binary Day, Mianjin. So, yeah, Sunday, July 17th from 2pm at Backdock Arts in Fortitude Valley. There will be a non-binary market, crafternoon where you can create, share and inspire. There is also the non-binary performance space which will feature a variety of different performances throughout the event. And the link to check out the event will be posted on the Transmission Facebook page. For more details, go to at Trans Radio, that's trans with a Z, and look for the INBD Mianjin post. Awesome. I'll be there. You going to be there for that? I think so. <laughs> what? I'll, I'll be there for okay. you, all right? <laughs> I'll channel you in spirit. <laughs> oh, no, I just I just looked at the article for the week in the news. All right. So now we're heading into some some news. So there was the FINA transgender ruling. Kieran Perkins actually uh, shared some thoughts on this policy, given that FINA have now banned all trans athletes. It seems to be uh, similar to what we talk about with uh, with Jonathan, actually, in that people seem to just be jumping onto a bandwagon without much thought, mm-hmm. uh, because it seems to be the thing that we do. FIFA and many other sporting conglomerates, is what I'll call them, mm. um, are deciding to just have a hard line as opposed to actually uh, reaching out to people who may be researching and Mm -hmm. actually doing the science behind trans people in sport. Kai, I know you found an article that's quite useful. Well, first of all, I just wanted to emphasize actually that Kieran Perkins is a dual Olympic gold medalist and also the Sport Australia CEO. And he's been speaking out against these new rules with preventing trans women from competing in sport. Oh, gosh. I'm really sorry we have to talk about this every week, but we'll keep talking about it until uh, the rest of the world gets it. Don't worry. We're working on stuff in the background here and what we can do. Yeah, we'll try to do a deep dive at some point, but we'll probably have to do multiple. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I found out that back in, you know, around 2000, they were actually doing chromosome testing of athletes. But they stopped doing it because they kept on finding out that athletes were intersex. (laughs) So, again, these arbitrary binaries are exactly that, archaic and arbitrary. Also, a a statistic that I find quite fascinating, out of 71,000 Olympians, 71,000, I'm just going to repeat it, a total of two have been trans women. One of them came dead last, and the other one came 37th out of 42. So I'm struggling to see where the issue is. What Being overrun by what? Two people out mm-hmm. of 71,000. 
Mm-hmm. I think I think if anything, we should be trying to help trans people be more involved with sport. Yep. Well, I also found some tweets by Dr. Sheree Becker, and let's see, she she does a lot. Um, She's a researcher in sports injury prevention, gender, and sport. She's also a lecturer at a health center, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she's a, a specialist in these specific areas. And she says, I have been hearing more frequently the narrative that women's sport apparently exists as a protected category so that women can win because on this account, without it, no women would will ever win again. This is A, not the reason why women's sport exists as a category. And B, it is not true that women will never win again. This narrative is profoundly paternalistic and keeps women small. She goes on to talk about how women's sport exists as a category because the dominance of men athletes was threatened by women competing. So pretty much all of this is just some paternalistic crap made to keep alive the idea of men's superiority. I personally also agree that it is just offensive that men think that to, like that women will not be able to compete against trans women that we are so pathetic that we couldn't compete against men yeah it's pretty belittling yeah all mm. of it is it's infuriating it's, it's misogyny this whole thing is is just oozing mm-hmm. misogyny mm-hmm. and why are they not threatened by trans men in sport they're the ones who are taking testosterone yeah i'm jacked yeah <laughs> <laughs> I could barely open a jar, but I'm jacked. <laughs> mm, mm. Not that I'm advocating for, you know, that that's not okay either. I think, honestly, yeah, I think I think gender segregation in sport should not be a thing. Yeah. <sighs> on a lighter note, though, mm-hmm. Hasbro, <laughs> only because this is like happy and I'm excited about it. Uh, Hasbro have a new mascot. Their name is Murph and they're non-binary. In case you're wondering, Hasbro is Nerf guns. So this particular mascot is covered in Nerf darts. It's pretty hysterical. Like, it's great. Like, it's a ridiculous looking character, but it is also designed for children. That's the target market. So it looks awesome. I'm going to put a post up on the Transmission Facebook page at Trans with a Z Radio, and you can take a look at Hasbro's Murph. Yeah, in line of uh, what, in light of what we just spoke about for the news... I'm going to play a song now called Cis White Boy. Oh, by Boat Show. That's exciting. Yeah, this is a great song. So we're just going to put this one on. Enjoy. Sit back. Relax. I was a teenage anarchist. I too was a teenage anarchist. Were you? No, I'm not really. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what that was when I was a teenager. <laughs> what, second puberty anarchist, maybe. Second, yeah, okay, all right, I'll take it. Uh, adult teenage anarchist. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that one there was "I Was a Teenage Anarchist" by Against Me. Uh, you're listening to Transmission on Four Triple Z. I'm here with Kai, the Hi. one, and, the one and only. Oh. Yeah. Well, not the one and only Kai. Kai's a very common name. It's, yeah, a very common name for those envies out there. <laughs> yeah. Same with Elliot for trans guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's, we'll talk about this at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're now talking about some resources and uh, some information where you can access them in terms of feeling like, you know, you want to get to know and understand more about trans people. Maybe you are trans yourself or questioning your gender and like to know some more things, where you can go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got a 
few selections here. There's some places in Brisbane, all in Brisbane, but that you can check out. One of them is the Book Merchant Jenkins. Uh, they also do a four triple Z discount, which you should check out. They yeah. have a pretty good selection of uh, yeah. They queer. have a, they have a solid selection. There could always be more. But... There can always be more. Absolutely. <laughs> Then, what were the other ones there as well? So Avid Reader in West End that I recently, you know, saw some cool books there. Yeah, I like Avid Reader. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then there's also Tuong Library. They did a whole someone lovely there. Uh, or maybe there's a team. I don't know. Did a wonderful uh, kind of setup. Uh, yeah, no, for Trans Day of Visibility. Yeah, yeah. They did like a whole wall of. Um, That's it. Books, a wall, yes, a yeah. wall—the word you were looking yeah, for. Yeah, <laughs> a display. A, there we go. A display. <laughs> I still haven't had coffee. What is going on? Yes, there was a display. So, Tuong Library. Also, Tuong's quite the actual. The village there is actually pretty trans and queer. It's a little trans yeah, hub. It's a little hub. Another cool place is Hairs and Hyenas. This is in Melbourne, but uh, they have a website. It's not the best website, but you can call them up and oh, just give them like I'm looking for a book. That's you know for you can be weirdly specific. You can be very weirdly specific. They're very well read there, and they exclusively stock trans and queer literature and nonfiction books. It is a gay-owned bookstore, so they're great. Yes. There you go. Those are some some places mm-hmm. that we can recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of online resources, I really only have one link because this is the one that I'm giving most people who've also messaged in the show mm-hmm. asking for resources. Mm. Uh, this is a trans research hub in Melbourne, uh, and they have this incredible page of resources that both caters for people in medical spaces or people who are not in medical spaces, but also if you're first time trying to understand or learn about trans health or trans communities and the language revolving around that as well. It's also a great place to start if you maybe have a kid that is questioning their gender. Mm-hmm. Some other websites that I will also link, they'll be also on the Transmission Facebook page, at Trans Radio, with a Z. PFLAG reading list that I will put up. Um, they've got a bunch of great books that are also revolving, like would be great for parents to take a look at. And Booktopia, not that... um. I really use them too much. They actually have a transgender and intersex category, which was pretty impressive. I had a squiz through there too. You can check that out. Yeah. Do you have any other suggestions? Uh, I do. I mean, there's there's lots of great resources online, but the most important thing is that you are checking who is writing these things, where, where you're getting your information. You want to make sure that they are from trans people really uh, yes written by <laughs> written by trans people there's lots of things that may have a catchy title that makes it sound like it's all going to be about transgender rights or or you know actual information but it could be by some 60s rad femme turfs which is just you know what tired if you're unclear, it's boring if you're unclear you could probably message at Trans Radio and we can have a look at it for you anyway. Because we're also looking at other content too and trying to find other important resources. Yeah, if you have something that you really loved and you found informative and you're trans, we mostly want feedback from our trans listeners about what resources they think are good. Yeah. Uh, send them through message, to us. Message us in at Trans with a Z Radio. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you will also see a photo of our faces and know what we look like. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, On that note, we actually, we have to get going. So I'm going to end the show now. Uh, My name is Ez. Thanks for listening. My name's Kai. Thank you. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Transmission. See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4ZZZ.